Hey man, welcome everybody. So glad that you're here. My name is Alan and uh, thrilled that you chose to uh, celebrate with us here today. Before I get started, I want to invite you to a congregational meeting. Nothing says party like a congregational meeting. And so we're going to do that today at noon uh, after this service. For those of you who are interested, we're going to meet for uh, about 30 minutes. We're going to do some open time Q&A after that. It might go as long as an hour. So uh, just kind of keep that in mind, 30 to 60 minutes or so. We're going to take one final opportunity before we head into the summer to give you an update on what's happening with our new building, particularly a financial update and what that all looks like. So you're welcome to join us noon today here in this room uh, if you'd like. Now, uh, for me to get started here, I need your help. I am looking for the names of some of your favorite songs. It doesn't have to be your absolute favorite song, but maybe it's one of your favorite songs. I'm looking for pop songs, maybe like favorite songs from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, today, anything. What would be kind of a, a pop song? What's that? Ain't no stopping us. Ain't no stopping us now. Man, I'm inspired already. <laughs> Ain't no stopping us now. Okay. Oh, oh, there was a lot. There's a, here comes the sun, and then another one? Private eyes. Okay, hang on. Pause. Just wait. You guys, did, I had to pull teeth in the first service. You guys are jumping on me. Okay. Private eyes, and uh, ain't no stopping. No, that was the other one. What was the other one? Here comes the sun. Thank you. Okay, what was it, what was it in the back? Somebody? Sing a song. Well, don't, don't, isn't that what all of them do? Well, I don't understand. Is that an actual song title? Okay, sing a song. All right. All right, sing a song. Imagine. Okay. One more. One more from this, this side over here. Respect. I heard respect over here. I like that. Okay. Okay. Now, I'm going to tell you why I did that in just a minute. Um, sorry for all the songs I didn't write down, but... Uh, we got to get started. we got to limit it somehow. Now, do you guys know what a memoir is? Okay, so you're more sophisticated than I am. I, I just recently have learned the whole concept of a mem memoir. I mean, anything that's French has got to be sophisticated. And so, so uh, it is essentially an autobiography that is interesting. No, uh, it's, a, it's, it's an autobiography that is uh, more about thoughts than it is about facts and data. And so it is, it is not uh, typically about the whole story. It's usually kind of one part of the story, and it's usually a lot less formal. One of the things I like about memoirs, about authors who choose to write memoirs, is that the chapter titles are usually pretty creative. The chapter titles in memoirs are, are, are usually pretty intriguing and creative. Uh, for example, uh, uh, many of you know Vicki Kuyper, who uh, has been a part of our church for a number of years. She was on the board, and, uh, and she just recently moved to Colorado. But she is an author, uh, and she writes memoirs. And one of the memoirs that she wrote was A Tale of Two Biddies, about uh, her two grandmas. Um, uh, and so it's even the title she's very creative with. So here, chapter four is titled, She Ain't Heavy, She's My Mother. Uh, chapter five, Signorella, when Beauty and the Beast share the same mirror. How could you not want to read that? I mean, uh, chapter six, one hot mama or one hot mess. 
Uh, I mean, the thing just keeps, just keeps on going. Chapter titles are, uh, are interesting. So if I was thinking about a memoir that I might write about my own life, thinking what kind of chapter titles might be part of my story? And so one possible example is From Numbers to Deuteronomy. Because I thought I was, my, my degree was in math and physics, and so I thought I was going to be a math teacher, so numbers to do. Okay, I won't, I won't be writing that book anytime soon. Uh, no publishers are, you know, uh, knocking at my door. Another possible chapter title for my story would be Ruggedly Handsome. No explanation needed. Uh, but, but what I want to ask you as you reflect on your life, as you reflect on your story, what creative chapter titles might be part of your journey, might be part of your experience. It'd be a fun lunch conversation. What would be some chapter titles in your story? And if you ever get stumped, a great way to get started is song titles, because check these out. Some of these might work. Ain't no stopping us now. That'd be a good chapter title for a memoir. That's when you first got married and you were just kind of going for it and breaking new ground. Private eyes. That sounds kind of creepy. I don't know what that... (laughs) Uh, Here Comes the Sun, that was a very positive season. Sing a song, still very generic. Uh, uh, R-E-S-P-E-C-T, that could certainly be a chapter in a a memoir. What I want to talk about today is uh, not just chapter titles for parts of your story in the past, but what I want to talk about today is what would be a chapter title for the next chapter of your life? What would you hope the next chapter of your life could be titled? Not what do you feel stuck with in terms of a chapter title for the next chapter of your life. What do you hope it could be? Or even more importantly, what do you think God wants to invite you into in terms of a chapter title for the next part of your life? As we head into that, would you bow your heads with me? Father, I'm so thankful for... um, the opportunity to gather here in this uh, room and just to set aside some time and just to, just to be with you. God, we want to give you our attention right now. Just, we just want to invite you into our story and into what the story that you want to tell through our lives. Just come, come, God. We invite you into that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you are new with us, uh, we've been on a journey this whole year, starting in January, this concept of something new, that throughout the whole story of God, there are multiple times where, where God is inviting us to become or to think new things, to, to experience something new. And so we're walking through the overall story. Right now, where we are in the whole story of humanity is in a section we call the unwritten And that represents the stuff that's happening right now. It has nothing to do with what happened in the past. It's not about the glimpses of the future. It's what's happening right now. It's you and me and the decisions that we are making today, this week. It's the unwritten story. There are parts of this story that we get to write. We are connected with the overall story. And so what I want to look at today is, is not what are the creative titles or chapters from your past, even in your just distant past that are part of your story, I want to take a look at, at chapter titles for, for the future, for the unwritten part, the next chapter in your life, a new chapter in your life. Something new today is a new chapter. And what might the creative title be for you? 
Who do you want to be? What kind of student do you want to be? What kind of friend do you want to be? What kind of employee? What kind of boss do you want to be? What kind of husband, wife do you want to be? What kind of father, mother do you want to be? What kind of person do you want to be? How would you finish the sentence? I want to be the kind of man who blank. I want to be the kind of woman who blank. What is the the next chapter of your life? What is the title of that? Uh, The Bible has a lot to say about, about a new chapter. In fact, the whole idea of spiritual formation or we refer to this concept of discipleship, this journey of becoming a disciple of Jesus, that whole process as, as outlined and walked out throughout Scripture is this process of saying, okay, grace covers the past. We've talked about that. There's freedom from that. But, but what, what's next for you? And how can, how can what we've learned from the past shape our decisions today and shape what the next chapter of our life is going to be? So, so much of Scripture and the spiritual formation piece is, what are, what are we doing to, to um, shape what the next chapter is going to be? This morning, I want to take a look at Philippians chapter 2. It is a, a letter written by Paul deep in the New Testament, just a little book. Uh, Philippians chapter 2, we're going to spend all of our time there. And uh, here, Paul, uh, the writer of this, of this, uh, of this book, is, um, is essentially saying, imagine what the next chapter of your life could be. Imagine what, the, what, what it could look like. Here are some guidelines, some thoughts about what that might look like. The song that we just sung, that the band just led us uh, into, the, the very last song, uh, draws its chorus from Philippians chapter 2, that you can shine like stars in the heaven. What, what in the universe, what would, a, what would an, an, a new chapter for you look like where you can shine like stars in the universe? Let's uh, head into this. Philippians chapter 2, I'm beginning with verse 5. Paul says something remarkable. He says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's a big, that's a big phrase. Because not only is Jesus someone that we are to learn about, we are to listen to, and, and hear some world-changing messages from this, from this man. Not only are we to, to learn what he did on the cross and sacrifice for us, not only are we to decide, do we believe that he actually resurrected from the dead? Do I believe that? That's the foundation of the Christian faith. Not only are we to, to uh, look into those things and and such, but he says, you are to emulate Christ. You are to have the same mindset of Christ. Not only learn about, but make efforts, at, this is a spiritual formation journey, to become like Christ. That's a radical concept. And then he paints a picture through this, this poem uh, here in Philippians chapter 2 that many of you f- are familiar with. We do not know the origin of this poem. It's not from the Old Testament. But, uh, but it talks primarily about the humility of Jesus. Jumping to verse 7. He made himself, Jesus made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. The crucifixion scene that we're all familiar with is a humiliating scene. 
It was designed to be that way. That not just Jesus, but anyone who was crucified was hung high up on a cross, up on a hill, so that everyone in the town, in the city, uh, uh, going by and moving around would see the, this humiliating death of a criminal on the, on the cross. And here is Jesus, a completely blameless and dying a humiliating death. I want to come back to that in just a minute. But I want to jump to the end of this poem in, and in the words that Paul writes following this poem. He says in verse 12, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. In other words, your story is not fully written yet. Continue to write your story. That yes, if, if you call yourself a Christian, which means that you believe Jesus rose from the dead and you've surrendered your life to Christ, then the story's not over. It's, it's, the story is still being written. There are more unwritten chapters to be written in your story. And Paul says, you work out your salvation. In other words, your story is to be written by you. It's not anybody else's job to write your story, nor is it your job to write somebody else's story. For those of you who have kids, um, it's not your job to write your kid's story. That's not the role of parents. Now, when they're young, we, they, they don't know how to write. They don't know how to hold a pen. And so figuratively, you know, and literally, we have to help them out. We have to, we help write the story and write the chapters of the stories of our, of our little kids. The younger they are, the more we have to do everything for them. And so we say, okay, here in this family, we don't hit your brother. That's just one kind of, that's the way things happen here. That's part of the story we're writing. In our family, we don't pee in the drawer of your brother's clean clothes. We, we don't do that. That may or may not have been a part of my story with our kids. So, so, so that's just, that there are things that we say about that. Here in our family, we go to church. That's, that's what we do, where I'm kind of helping you with the pen of your life. We go to church, and we're learning about God. I'm not stuffing God down your throat. I'm not stuffing religion down your throat. I'm just saying here in our family, this is what we are doing, and that's what we get to do as, as parents, as leaders in our, in our, in our family. And we, write the, we, we hold the pen and help them out with the pen, and as kids get older, we let go of the pen more and more often. And every once in a while, we jump in and say, hey, let me help you with this. Or we, we move more and more into a coaching phase of, of letting our kids write their story because it's not our story to write. It's their story. It's their chapters. It's their mistakes. It's their um, um, growth and development. Parents who are still holding the pens of the stories of their 26-year-old kids' lives are not helping it's, it's our job to let go and to, and to um, uh, that's their story to write. Our story is to love them and encourage them and challenge them and, uh, in, in their walk. That's what our story is. Their story is not our story to write. But it's not just kids. Even if you don't have kids or if that doesn't connect with you, we have a tendency sometimes to want to write other people's stories. That's a euphemism. Uh, the way it often shows up is, is in negative things like, like judgmentalism. 
And we, we look at somebody else's story and we say, oh, that's, they need to fix that or there's something wrong with that. Or we say, can you believe she's wearing that? Or we might say, can you believe he's getting married again? <gasps> that's not your story. That's, that's his or her story. And that's between him and God and her and God. Your story is how you respond to that and how there are times where we challenge one another. We are iron sharpening iron and, and there are times where we encourage one another and, and it's the way we love one another, etc. That's your story. That's the story that you are to write. You are not to write other people's stories. And I love the phrase that Paul uses here, work out your salvation. Here in Phoenix, here in Ahwatukee, most of us know what it means to work out Half of you did it this morning already. That's why you come to the 1030 service. And so there's so much working out going on around here. We understand working out, it's difficult. You got to commit to it. You got to, it's difficult stuff. It involves difficult decisions. Work out your salvation. What that means at times is that we have to let go of desirable things in order to, to walk out the next chapter that God wants to write in our lives. Maybe you want the title of the next chapter in your life to be something like finally popular. Maybe that's what you would hope the next chapter is. Or, or bigger house. Or freedom from my family. Maybe that's what you want the next chapter of your life, but maybe that's not what's best for you. Maybe that's not what God has for you. Because remember, you are not walking this journey out alone. It's not just you figuring this all out together. It, it's not about you. It's about us surrendering to what God wants to do in our lives. That's what the next verse says. Verse uh, uh, 13, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill His good purpose. The question really is, God, what chapter do you want the next chapter of my life to be? Let me continue here, uh, verse 14. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Well, that's easy. I mean, sometimes you read like, you know, whatever, six words of scripture and you move on to the next verse. Okay, so that you may, and just kind of pause there. What did he just say? I mean, do everything without grumbling. I mean, this is not easy. Writing these chapters, no one ever said being the man or the woman that you want to be is an easy journey. No one ever said it was easy. Verse 15, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. There is a, there is a desire to, to keep the bar high here that Paul presents before us, to, to, to be blameless and pure. We, we don't want to just squeak into eternity. We, we don't want, we don't want to just kind of identify the minimum and then squeak into eternity. You do not want to be standing in line at the pearly gates with your fingers crossed going, please, 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 please. Just paint that, paint, you do not that, want that picture. You, you, you can't earn your salvation. It's not, it's not about that. It's just about saying, God, I surrender the next chapter of my life. Not only am I saying yes to you, but I'm surrendering the next chapters of my life to you. That we would pursue a, a high bar in our spiritual journey. 
Now, it's true. It always has been, always will be that God will forgive any sin, has forgiven, can forgive any sin that we commit, any stumbling, any part of our past that we're embarrassed about, that, that God can wipe that clean and can write a new chapter in our lives, and it's a, it's a beautiful reality. We love the radical transformation stories of people who were here spiritually and emotionally, and we hear their stories and learn from them that God took them from here all the way over here. And those radical redemption stories, I I could hear them every day. They're awesome. I love them, love them, love them. But let's not miss sight of the fact that there is something very powerful about remaining faithful through your whole life. That we don't need the radical redemption story in order to have a powerful faith journey. There is something powerful about saying, I've never cheated on my wife. There's something powerful about saying, I've never lied to my husband. Except for that surprise party. But that was, there's something powerful about saying, I've never stolen from work. I've never cheated in that way. There's something powerful about saying I'm single and I've never had sex. I have saved myself. I, have, I'm, I, I know God could redeem that and God just brings and washes things clean, but there's something powerful about, about pursuing holiness that way. There's something powerful about saying it's been a year since I have had a drink of alcohol because that's been part of my story and so I have remained sober and I have my chip and and it's been an entire year. That's a powerful thing. Or about saying it's been a year since I have looked at pornography. I am pursuing holiness and, and, and working on that. Don't let the bar get lowered because we just kind of lean on, hang on grace. Aim high. Paul says blameless and pure. Keep the bar high as we write the next chapter of our lives. And then then he continues in verse 15. He continues um, and lands on the, the the words that we just sung. Then you will shine like stars in the universe. Then you will shine like stars in the universe. In the Sermon on the Mount, which is uh, uh, probably my favorite portion of Scripture and early in the book of Matthew, and this is the most uh, influential um, set of words ever spoken um, uh, throughout the history of humanity, the Sermon on the Mount. And, and in there, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others. That, that in places of darkness, even a little bit of light makes a huge difference. Makes a huge difference. So in those areas of darkness, you can shine like stars in the, in the universe. You can shine like stars in the universe. Here, as I was reading Philippians chapter 2, uh, this was really the first time that I flowed from this poem this really famous poem, into the next section. I'd never really uh, uh, flowed those two, and, and I found some tension 
between what the poem says and what this says right afterwards because the poem says, Paul says in verse seven, says uh, we, are, we are to make ourselves, we are to be of the mindset of Christ Jesus who made himself nothing. And then in verse 15, he says, you can shine like stars in the universe. So which one is it? Are we supposed to make ourselves nothing or are we supposed to shine like stars in the universe? Which one? Which, how, as we're pursuing the next chapter, which one are we supposed to pursue? Well, that, I love that these two thoughts are just verses away from one another. They're absolutely connected that humility is the pathway to greatness. And this is what Jesus radically modeled. Humility, which is what this poem is all about, humility is the pathway to shining. I mean, just look at the previous chapters of your life. Look at, at the previous uh, chapter titles from your life and the way things have gone. When you look at seasons where you have pushed aside uh, fellow students or coworkers so that you could advance, or as you look at seasons from your past where you have pushed aside your family so that you could get what you want because you want it and you want it now, as you've looked at those seasons that all of us can relate to in some way, were those seasons where you shined? My guess is no. My guess is no, that when we put ourselves first, we, we want to shine, and those are not the seasons where we shine. Instead, it is those, it is those seasons where we, where we lift other people up where we elevate other people, those are the ones where we, where we get to shine like stars in the universe. It's humility that leads to greatness. I think this is the one, of the, one of the things that that is part of maturing. It's part of growth and development. And this could happen at a young age. It could happen, it could take uh, some, you know, some of us a while for this to happen. But part of growth and development is realizing, you know what? Um, glory it is not limited to what happens to me. That when we're young, we think, I, I, I want this, and, and I want to achieve this, and I want to experience this, and I want to make a name for myself. And as we get older, we realize, you know, there's something beautiful about lifting somebody else up, about being a part of something bigger than ourselves, about elevating a coworker, about elevating a spouse or your kids or somebody else in your life, and just going, wow, I get more joy out of this happening for him or her than what I was pursuing before. Humility is the pathway to greatness. Those two things can coexist. They can coexist. Now, it could be that you hear this phrase, shine like stars in the universe, and as you think about your next chapter, you think, yeah, that, that can't happen for me. That maybe, maybe your thoughts as you look at your previous chapters and the previous titles of your, of your other chapters, you think, you know, some of my decisions have, um, have canceled me out from having the opportunity to shine like stars in the universe because of whatever had happened in the past. And let me just address that for a second. Our, uh, our family has a Netflix tradition. And uh, it started a number of years ago with a show called Psych. 
Anyone ever heard of Psych? Okay. This, yeah, see? Yeah. This is a great show. This is a murder mystery show. It's super funny. Unfortunately, it's not on Netflix right now anymore, but if you ever get an opportunity to see it, etc. This is a great show. We watch it as a family, and uh, we, we would do something called Pizza and a Psych. And what that means is that periodically we would order in pizza, and, uh, and this was the only time that our, fa- and our family understa- under- understands this, this is the only time where we could eat food in front of the TV. Because we say food, we eat at the kitchen table. I know how un-American that is, but, but that's just the radical thing that we were doing. Food, you eat at the kitchen table, but when it's pizza and a psych, that's the one time where we get to eat pizza or eat food in front of the TV. There's one rule about pizza and a, psy- and a psych. All five of us have to be there that we can't do pizza and a psych if one person's not available, if there's only three or four of us. It has to be all five of us. And the, the, the beauty about that, that we didn't even, wasn't even intentional about it, but the beauty of that is that, is that our kids then want to be together and say, hey, no, come on, let's do this together. Let's do pizza and a psych tonight. And so we all love pizza and a psych. Great experience. Well, we watched all seasons of psych, loved it, enjoyed it. Uh, and then we wanted to keep the, the, the idea going. And so we wanted to find a new show. So my daughter made the suggestion of Once Upon a Time on Netflix. Anybody familiar with Once Upon a Time? Okay. Season one of Once Upon a Time, in my humble opinion, is really quite good. It's creative, and it's in looking at old fairy tales and all that kind of stuff. Season two and on, total loser. Just in my opinion. Just in someone's opinion, it just kind of, I think they, st- they had the set built, and then they thought, well, we got, what do we got to do something with this thing? And so they kept on, you know, but they ran out of fairy tales to do. Anyway, so, um, so we're doing Once Upon a Time, and uh, I, as I shared the last few weeks, I'm on this, this uh, Hell 30 diet, uh, and so uh, we, uh, we went from pizza and a psych to salad and a once upon a time. I mean, this is a significant downgrade. I do not recommend either of those pieces. So that's just welcome to my life. So right now, it's, uh, it's salad and a once upon a time. It doesn't have the ring that uh, Pizza and a Psych does. But, um, but here we are watching this, and uh, right now, I don't know what season we're in, but right now what's happening, and I don't mind ruining it for you, because... Uh, it's really not very good. So uh, I will not ruin a good story. I will not ruin a good movie. I would never want to do that to anyone, but I'll ruin bad stuff. So, so um, right now what's happening, you can plug your ears if you want, but right now what's happening in Once Upon a Time is that the villains, the bad guys in the fairy tales, Rumpelstiltskin and the Wicked Witch and the Evil Queen, etc., they want to have, they, they want to find the author of the stories so that they too can have a happy ever, happily ever after. That it's, it's always the heroes who get the happily ever after, and it's the, the villains who lose in all of these stories, and they're sick and tired of it. And so they want to find this magical author who is writing these stories, and they want to rewrite their story so that they too can have a happily ever after. So let me go back to this possible feeling of, I, I, can't, I, I can't shine like stars in the heaven. Can you relate to, to, to the villains in the Once Upon a Time story? Can you relate to that idea of just thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm exempt from that. I, I don't have access to that. I've been branded a villain. I've been branded a, you know, fill in the blank. I've been branded, branded that. And so as a result, I can't have a new chapter where I can shine like stars 
in the universe. Peter, in the book of Acts in chapter 2, he says that Jesus is the author of life. It's a great phrase. Is the author of life. In other words, if you feel like a villain, if you feel like your past has, has exempted you, you have access to the author. You have access to the author. We can pray to, we can be friends with, we can have relationship with the author, and we can say, Jesus, what kind of chapter can you help me write? Jesus, in what way can you write a new chapter for my life that I thought I was exempt from so that I too can shine like stars in the heaven? You are not stuck as a villain. You are not stuck as an insignificant character. You can shine like stars in the heavens. So let let me close by inviting you to use your imagination for a little bit. And, um, you know, imagination, as we get older, it's something that we drift from tragically, that kids have an imagination, and then and most of us at some point, we say, you know, we have to face reality. We have to face reality and set imagination aside, which is sh- such a shame. You know, we're the only created being that can imagine a future. God's given us this gift of being able to imagine a future. So let's use it. Let's use it. Uh, if you, on your way in, hopefully you receive this uh, piece of paper. It's our notes that we hand out every week, and we wanted to make sure that uh, at least most of you had one of these on the way in. And on the back side, it says, My Story. Imagine this is page one of the next chapter of your life. I'm calling it chapter seven. You can put a different number in there if you want, but imagine that chapter six has just finished or is just finishing what I want you to do, uh, the band is going to play a little bit of music for a minute or two, and I just want you to, to imagine what the title of a new chapter in your life could be. And in that space, you can write as many things that come to your mind, write many titles, and just kind of circle one that jumps out at you, for you. Just use your imagination over the next minute or so and imagine what the title of, the, of a new chapter in your life could be. Go ahead. now I want you to do something different. Um, Feel free, absolutely, to take this page home and you can process it with your family, process it with a group of friends in whatever way you want to spend any time with it. But I I don't want to miss an opportunity right here. Would you, for another minute, just glance over the the first parts of sentences in, in in the bottom half of this page? 
Just glance over those sentences, and if any of those catch your attention, just kind of write out, just continue the sentence that, that helps kind of stir up what the next chapter of your life could possibly be. Let's just do that for another minute. keep writing if you want, but I, I, I want to I pray here with you, and uh, you can join me in prayer. You can keep writing, whatever. God is with us regardless. Father, I'm so thankful for, um, for the words that are being written on any of these pages. I'm thankful, God, that, that you take our previous chapters, you take our, our previous chapter titles, and you give us the opportunity to redeem those, to, to write a new story, God. May we be free from feeling like we need to do that all, all on our own, that comes from our own strength, that your word is so clear that that's what you do for us and in us and through us. So, God, we invite you to, to write out the next chapter of our lives. God, what, what do you want us to do? How, how do you want us to, what kind of man, what kind of woman do you want us to be? God, we are excited about what you're inviting us into as a church here for, the, for this next chapter of our church's life, God. We don't want to do any of this without you. Be with us, we pray. We want to shine like stars in the heavens. God, we want to represent you in a way that makes you proud of us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.